0: This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping on to our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. Yeah, good morning. So as he said, my name is Dennis, my wife, Laura, and I worship here at Anchor. And when Jason asked me to preach, I thought it was odd that I would be asked to preach on prayer because I don't consider my prayer game, my personal prayer game, particularly strong. But, you know, that's the way it works, right? <laughs> um, a friend of mine in, opened his sermon with, prayer is easier than rocket science, because when you're lifting off, you're not gonna get distracted. Prayer is easier than brain surgery, because nobody comes and interrupts you, when your hands are you know in brain surgery, so I thought he nailed it because i 'm pretty distractible. My mind tends to wander, um, not necessarily diligent in doing all the things that I should every day, and I think it's important to talk about prayer because it is so vital it 's vital for us personally it 's vital for us as a church so Before we dive in, I want to acknowledge that most churches, or every church, has some prayer warriors. So these guys are quiet behind the scenes. They pray for the church. They pray for the pastors, for the people. Um, I commend you guys. Um, Every church needs those people. Two books that I've used as a resource for this, Keller, Keller's book, Prayer, um, kind of a theological look at Prayer, and then uh, When Prayer Becomes Real by Strobel and Co. And uh, this is a real practical bring-it-down-so-that-you-can-accomplish-prayer kind of book. And I highly recommend them both if you want to get farther than um, we can get in one sermon. It's kind of only so much we can do. The idea of prayer in itself is kind of audacious, isn't it? So we as humans... Go to the most high God. He created the universe. He sustains it by his power. And we go to him and say, my foot hurts, right? It's kind of audacious, the whole idea of it. And that's kind of why I selected the verse for today, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in the time of need. This really speaks to that audaciousness and also our personal uh, reservations maybe about coming to God. You know, how can we come to God? Why would we do that? Um, And that's the big idea today. God calls us to come to him. Not necessarily when we're good. Maybe when we're good, but maybe when we're not good. Maybe at all times. So there's a lot of things we do that discourage us. Um, We do it better and worse at different times. But he calls us to come. So Galatians 4, 5, and 6 adds to this idea that we can come to God not only because he's our great high priest, but also because when we're adopted into the family of God, we become brothers and sisters with Christ. He's our senior, the most senior sibling. We're brothers and sisters. So when I got my first pickup truck, Laura was out of town. I don't know where she was, somewhere. So my son, Josh, and I went up. To pick it up from a friend I was buying it from. We brought it home, parked it in the driveway. And I'm doing the things you do when you get a new car, right? Putting stuff in the glove box. Right, I bought it from my friend Tom, who kept it clean, but I was probably cleaning the carpets, washing the windows, doing all that stuff. Josh comes out, shooes me out of the way, takes a picture of the truck, goes back into the house. Like, okay. Comes back, back out a couple minutes later and says, Oh, yeah, yeah, I posted it to Instagram and I named it Bruce the Beast. Right? And so I'm kind of amused by this. And he says, Hey, can I take the truck? He's gone. And I'm holding a vacuum cleaner and a, you know, a rag in one hand, right? And he's gone. My adopted son Joshua has confidence in his position in the household, in his position in the family. So when he was adopted, he got our name, right? He got to call Laura mom, got to call me dad. But he gets more than just that, right? He has grown up with us. He's got the confidence that he's part of the family. He gets, he gets the stuff, right? He gets the stuff of the family. He can borrow my truck. <laughs> so this, between having a high priest and having the right to call the Most High God our Father, right? we should have the confidence to come in prayer, but even when we do, sometimes we do things that, that slow us down, maybe we're real rigid about how we approach it, maybe we've been taught the whole um, ACTS, um, the whole ACTS acronym, and that slows you down, maybe that helps you, if that helps you, that's great, if it slows you down, you know, it slowed me down, um, we feel guilty, frankly, I feel guilty quite often, um, we lose momentum, we don't pray, maybe we neglect it. So why try? Well, in an exhaustive one-website Google search, I have the following statistics. 650 prayers listed in the Bible. That's quite a lot. 450 answers to prayer. That's also quite a lot. Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about prayer 65 times. And Jesus, um, it's recorded 25 prayers from Jesus. Jesus which is like neglecting. It's like the, the major understatement, right? Because he lived on prayer. Um, if anybody ever really did um, pray continuously, it would be Jesus. But why should we do it? I mean, being told to is nice, but why should we do it? We're developing our relationship with God. It keeps us humble. Keeps us focused. Um, there's something about about prayer, about spending time that grounds you both in reality and grounds you in the holy. He won't disappoint us. Um, Everybody disappoints. Everybody disappoints us at some point except God. So he'll listen to us. He cannot be repelled by the things we tell him. He's not disgusted by us. He knows us. Um, He's always there to talk. He talks to us when we talk to him. And by that, I don't necessarily mean voices in my head. Um, But when I pray, um, try to be honest. It's like I pray about somebody who's bothering me or a situation. And maybe as I pray, my next thought is I should pray for this person instead of pray against them. Now, is that just me processing it or is it God processing me? Right? Is it, is it? just the natural course of things or is God working on me as I pray? I think he's working on me. It glorifies God. Now, Tyler, a couple weeks ago, talked about our purpose here at Anchor was to serve. And in the context of Anchor Church, that's correct, but if you take a step back, what's our purpose? Why am I breathing in oxygen, breathing out carbon dioxide? Why was I created in God's image? For what? To glorify God. It's very simple. So we glorify God in lots of ways. When we serve in the church, we glorify God. If you're the honest guy at the office, that glorifies God. The way you react to other students at school or don't may or may not glorify God, right? There's lots of things we do that glorify God. Praying glorifies God. It's our highest, it's our highest um, goal. And the, the song immediately before was fantastic. It's our highest goal. And then there's this immeasurable way things go better. So you pray, you you talk to God about what's going on, and maybe he changes your circumstances, right? You pray about something and it changes and there's a distinct answer to prayer. A lot of times that's not the case. Um, We don't get a distinct answer to prayer, but things are better. And how is that? God is, God is changing us, not our circumstances. And spending time in prayer, it's immeasurable. It's hard, to, it's hard to quantify, but it's real. So clearly prayer is a thing. It's shot through with difficulties, with flaws, like everything else that's human. Um, Hebrews 7.25 says, Christ lives to intercede, which doesn't mean pray for us necessarily, but he's the high priest who takes our thoughts, our cares, and transmits them to the Father. He's the intermediary between us and the Father, and we can come to him audaciously. We can come to him, but we have to admit, right, we're going to pray badly. We're selfish. We're short-sighted. We want things our way. And we do a lot of things that make us lose momentum in prayer. You know, what what are we doing? Why don't I feel like praying today? So in the book, When Prayer Becomes Real, they listed quite a few things throughout the book. Um, I've added a couple here. First, neglecting it for more concrete things. I mean, this is the easiest thing to do, right? Or maybe maybe it is. I'm, I'm an engineer. I like to have a mental checklist of things. You know, my wife loves loves a long list of written things with lots of lines through them, and prayer doesn't really fit into that, does it? It doesn't fit into that checklist of things necessarily. Prayer is an investment in your relationship with God. It's an investment in the future, and the payoff isn't immediate. It's not like doing the dishes, put the dishes in the dishwasher. You wipe off the counter and the sink's clean. It's it's a pretty immediate accomplishment. Prayer's, prayer's an investment. It's a, moving forward, it's looking forward. Second thing we might do is trying to focus on prayer. So you might say, Well, how do you pray if you don't focus on it? How do you pray if you don't try? Well, uh, Strobel and Co. point out that we're so distractible, maybe instead of trying to reject, the distractions, and focus on what we should do. We should follow that distraction to God. Put that before God. And Are you worried about something's coming up? You're worried about your child? You're worried about your test? Something that's coming up, is that what's interfering with your prayer? Pray about it. Follow your distractions. This really works for me, because, well, my mind is sort of everywhere. Oftentimes we think we need to pray well. I need to do this either by a form that you've been taught or theologically pure, I shouldn't say things to God that I know are wrong theologically. It's so human, right? It's just totally human to think we should do things well, perform, and it's exactly one of the things that makes prayer just just discouraging because I can't do that, and it's, it's dishonest, isn't it? Closely related to that, using prayer to keep a distance from God. So you work on that checklist, you pray according to your formula, check, 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 I'm done. You're done with prayer, and you didn't even have to really engage God. You've paid your dues, you push God away, and I go back to being me. Right, you, you use prayer as a way to keep yourself distant from God not feeling like it, and just quitting. I mean, all right, I might be a good banjo player if I had stuck with it when I was a kid. But I didn't, right? I didn't feel like doing it, and I quit. And sooner or later, it just stopped happening. And we do this with a lot of things. And prayer is absolutely one of those things. As an investment in the future, you don't learn to play an instrument unless you invest the time to practice, right? And you don't you don't, get a rich prayer life and benefit from that without the practice of prayer. But it's easy to just not feel like it. And the last one, mm, so human. We lie to God. We put a fig leaf over our head and we try to tell God what we think he wants to hear without ever really admitting the truth. Right? It's so human. It's so um, basic to our existence, to want to look good, even in front of God. Well, God knows what's behind the fig leaf. You're not fooling him. All right? So, let's just be honest. We can be bluntly honest with God. He's not going to be disappointed with us. He already knows. All right? We can We can bring our real thoughts, our anger, our fears, whatever it is, we can bring it to God honestly. We can do this. So, For whatever reason, you might need a jump start in your prayer life. Um, I certainly need periodically need this, right? You kind of get away from it, you recommit yourself. Um, If we're going all in this year as a church, we should be all in to commit ourselves to prayer. So I have some suggestions, and I don't want to give you rules. Well, maybe a couple. I don't want to give you rules because that's discouraging. It's certainly discouraging for me. So I'll give you some suggestions. Um, and I've been practicing this. And it works for me. And if, again, if the ACTS acronym works for you, great, do it, right? If you have a formula that works, don't change unless you think it will benefit you. But here's some suggestions. A prayer of intention. So maybe ideally this is first thing in the morning. You, you wake up and you tell God that I'm, your person, right? And maybe it's scripted because when I'm sleepy, I'm not doing this great. Um, You say, Lord, here I am. I present myself to you before I do anything else. First, I want to be with you, right? So you're intending to be with God. You're telling God, I intend to be with you. Maybe uh, make me a patient person today or a good spouse, oftentimes lay in bed for quite a while and then get up and I'm making coffee and I haven't done this. (sighs) Some days I forget. So we've been challenged to have a a reminder that I have a king. I mean, some of us have done this. I have a king. When that pops up, maybe that's a good time for a prayer of intention. I intend to be your person. You are my Lord. I intend to be your person. It's a good time. It's a good reminder. Small thing. We can pray the Psalms Praying the psalms should be the easiest thing, right? It's, it's right there for us. All kinds of emotion, all kinds of thoughts, praise, um, all kinds of things. It's easy to just read it. And then you're done you're like, didn't pray, just read, right? But if you go through line by line or thought by thought and you just, wow, yeah, that really applies to me. That anger, I feel that anger sometimes or I feel like people are just closing in on me. They're after me. Right? They, they don't care. They just want. They just want me. You can pray through the Psalms. Start at the top. Go to the bottom. Um, I'm reading the Bible with an app. You know certain things, and Psalms pop up most days, and it's really helpful. Just start at the top. You know, they're amazing prayers, and they apply, oddly, right? How different was David's time or um, the time of. Old, old Israel, right? But they apply to me perfectly well. It's amazing. Prayer of recollection. Now, maybe we bracket our day in prayer and the prayer of recollection is at the end of the day and you, you stop and you think, well, how did the day go? How was I blessed? I was blessed in a lot of ways. What went well? Maybe, what did I do poorly? How could I have reacted better? Maybe I could have responded to someone more lovingly, been more enthusiastic, gotten out of my own head for a minute. Whatever it is, Call how the day goes. Prayer of confession, of course. Prayer of recollection for me naturally leads to a prayer of confession because I can remember what I've done, right? And I can say, oh, yeah, I should probably turn from that. Confession, turning from and rejecting what you've done, not returning to it, but leaving it. And then a prayer of intercession. And, you know, this is something I've practiced quite a lot as an elder. You pray for someone, but I've also practiced it pretty poorly at times when someone asks you to pray and you're driving down the 60 and you think, oh, yeah, they asked me to pray. I should pray. Hey, God, that thing, right? There was that thing that I said I'd pray for or whatever, right? And you're not really engaging. There's no engagement. You're not really praying. You're just sort of tossing it off to get it off your conscience. But let's pray intercession, done well is entering into that person's situation. I have a friend who's sick with COVID. I have several. Maybe I should pray for them. Maybe I should feel the aches and pains, the fever, right? The exhaustion, right? Lord, relieve them from that. Heal heal them. Don't let them get more sick. Keep it out of their lungs, right? You enter into it. So here's how these work together for me. And again, I don't think my prayer game is particularly strong, so I don't think that I'm teaching you as an expert, but I kind of I do this, right? I do it the best I can. I do start with an intention. An intentional prayer. God, I really want to be with you. I want to be your guy today, right? I want to be your servant, whatever. I've got something coming up. For me, the recollection is a good place to go. So uh, intention, recollection, how did it go yesterday? You know, did I sleep well? Well, What happened yesterday? I was really impatient with that old guy in the Costco parking lot. Right? That's... (laughs) I'm sorry, Grady, I apologize. (laughs) I was really impatient. Well, I should confess that, right? So I confess it And then what comes after confession? Intention. I intend to be more. I intend to be more patient. Lord, make me more patient. And so you get this loop that happens. And then your friend pops in your mind and they need prayer and you pray for them. I intend to be a better friend. Lead me to be able to serve them. Right? There's this loop that happens. It just sort of flows. And what I'm emphasizing isn't a particular method that works for me. But the idea that you follow your thoughts and it leads you, and in your thoughts, in your prayers, God leads you around and the distraction is reduced because you're not trying to, I'm not done with adoration yet. I gotta keep going on adoration, but I'm thinking about something else, right? You just flow and it happens. God leads you. So, live it out this year. What are we going to do? So I've been spending quite a lot of time lowering the bar, right? Trying to make it approachable. Now I'm going to raise the bar. We got to pray. Right? We got to pray. So let's live it out this year. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. If you're not praying, pray. Do a small prayer. Start with an intention. Leads to a, a recollection. If you're praying some, pray more. Pray a little more. If you're praying a lot, keep up the good work. But here's, here's a suggestion how we should be doing this this year. Keller in his book summarized John Calvin's rules for prayer. So I'm going to, here's my summary of Keller's summary Of Calvin. First thing, we we acknowledge that God is truly great. God is truly great. We acknowledge that we are truly needy. Right? God is truly great. We are truly needy. We approach prayer with submissive trust. We understand that we go to God with our requests, with our concerns, with our fears, with our dirtiness, right? And submissively, we trust God to do the best for us. Because he's truly a great God and we're truly needy. We approach him with submissive trust. And we do that in confidence and hope. We approach him submissively, trust with confidence and hope that th- our Father, the Most High God, will look out for us, will do the best for us. That's four. Number five. Don't worry too much about the rules. Such an odd thing for a German to say. <sighs> so let's start by preparing ourselves and then let's take ourselves to God honestly this week. Let's, let's really do this. Is this is a dare. I dare you to go to God brutally honestly about yourself. Let's be honest. And let's challenge ourselves to be so honest in prayer that God can tell us about things we don't know about already in ourselves. This is a risk, right? A little risky. Let's take that risk. Let's approach God honestly. And then let's intercede for each other. Let's have our community, do some community intercession. Let's really get into each other's cares and pray for each other um, and enter in Finally, almost done here. Especially come when you're sleepy, when you're distracted, when you're tired, when you're angry, when you're frustrated. Come if you don't really even believe at all. This is an interesting thing about our great uh, high priest, the intercessor, the one who, who is our advocate. He does this even when we don't really believe, he can do this for us. So one of the things we get when we become Christians, when we're adopted into God's family, we get some stuff, right? We don't just get access. We get get other stuff. And one of the things we get is Christ is our Savior. So he he knows exactly where we've been. So he can give us forgiveness, real and meaningful forgiveness, not slap you on the arm, you do you, kind of superficiality. This is real forgiveness. This is, I know exactly what you're like. I know who you are and what you've been thinking. And I love you. I've taken care of it. So we need to come to God in all situations. If you, if you find yourself attracted by that, it's the most amazing thing. We can come to God even when we're questioning even when we wonder, we get real and meaningful forgiveness. Um, call it the band. Um, so let's just appreciate what Christ does for us. He takes our half-formed thoughts, selfish intentions, wandering minds, angry hearts, worried souls, faithless, faithlessness and unbelief, arrogant pride. So all of this stuff is relayed in our prayers, right? It's reflected in our prayers, but Christ, our intercessor, our advocate, takes all that big mess, that mess of our messy prayers and translates it to the Father, the most high God, the most perfect and holy God as ideal communication and we can come to him because of Christ. So let's come confidently, but let's most importantly, let's come. We can pray with confidence because Christ is there. Let's close in prayer. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you that you are there for us, that you love us despite knowing us, that you accept us when we reject you. We thank you that you are available for us to come audaciously to you in prayer and ask for all the things, all of our, really all of our concerns, our hopes and our fears, to love you, to praise you in prayer. Help us to be a praying people this year, Help the fabric, make the fabric of Anchor Church this year prayer. Everything is hung in prayer here. You are our most high God. Help us to glorify you by our thoughts and actions. In your name we pray, amen. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.